morning, it encourages us that you're here. And we hope that we can be an encouragement to you. Uh, a beautiful, cool, brisk morning. A lot of activity in the community coming this way to settle in here to worship God. We're thankful that if everything goes as planned, Leah White will be joining us this morning in worship, coming all the way from China. Uh, adoption into the White family. She stopped off immediately upon coming here uh, to Vanderbilt Hospital and spent a few weeks there and had some serious procedures done and Lord willing she'll be here this morning and we're thankful for that and we welcome her and rejoice with the White family and that addition to their family. As we think this morning about bless the Lord, oh my soul. When you hear those words, bless the Lord, does that seem a little bit unusual to you? Because usually when we think about blessings or the word bless, we immediately think of blessings and we think of blessings that we receive from God. Uh, the cornucopia that uh, so oftentimes we see this time of year, it is from a mythological root uh, in its origin and it's the idea of a symbol of abundance. And as Christians, when we think of abundance... We think of blessings that come from God. As we mentioned last Sunday, we truly believe that every good gift is from God. And so we look at the abundance and we say, God has blessed us. And then in that, it's easy for us to think, well, there's nothing that, that we can give to God. He, he has everything. He's the one that has given to us. And yet there are things that we can give to God. And not only can we give to God, God asks us to give to Him. And even though it may seem a little bit unusual for some of us in our tradition, I want us to see in Scripture what the Lord said about blessing Him. Will you join with me this morning in Psalm 34? Psalm 34 in verse 1. Psalm 34 in verse 1. Good to hear the Bible's turning. Psalm 34 and 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Notice here, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. The very next phrase is his praise. Now, just in case you're wondering, even in the original language, that's two different words. Now, for whatever reason, the New International Version is, chooses to oftentimes translate the word bless in, in the original Hebrew to praise. And so really some of the things that we'll study this morning using the word bless, you miss a little bit of that in that particular translation, but most of all the other translations choose to stay with the distinction between the two words. I'm not saying that to say that there is a huge distinction. I'm just telling you that's the way God wrote it. God wrote it using the word bless and the word praise. And so with that in mind, Let's think for just a moment uh, from the Greek. And by the way, we'll, we'll study some of this even from the New Testament more tonight just to try to get a better understanding. But from the Greek, in the Greek, the word blessing usually comes, the English word blessing usually comes from the Greek word eulogia. 
Does that sound familiar to you? You didn't know you knew Greek, did you? Well, with eulogia, it is to fine speak. In other words, it's flattering, genuinely flattering speak, to speak highly of someone. And if it is about God in reverence, it's adoration toward. It deals with blessings. It deals with bountiful. And it deals, again, with fair speech. Now, when we look at this in our English dictionary, the, the word eulogy, you know that the first way that that's normally used is to praise a person or thing, especially to honor someone who has been deceased. But I want you to notice the second meaning there, high praise or commendation. That's the way that word in Greek was used in the scripture. It was the idea to bless someone or to bless something was to give high praise or commendation to whatever we're blessing. Now, let's see it back in the Hebrew. On this next slide, you see that the Hebrew word that is translated blessed almost every time in the Old Testament, and it's, it's oh, several hundred times in the Old Testament, it is barak. And it is a primitive root to kneel before but it's hardly ever translated that way because even when it was written at that time in the Hebrew language, that was still considered the primitive root. In other words, by implication, at the time that the Psalms and most of the Old Testament was being written, it was already a way to say, I want to say something praiseworthy of you. I want to exalt you. I want to lift you up. And that was the idea of to bless. And especially when we're thinking about blessing God, it's the idea of adoration toward God, very similar to uh, the, the definition of the word worship to pour out adoration to God. And so as we begin this morning, I want to take you back again right here where you are to Psalm 34. And I want you to think with me just a few things here. And we're going to go into a, a worship of praise and of blessing the name of God together. But let's notice this. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. One of the great purposes that we have on this earth and for eternity one of the great purposes we have here in eternity is that we will devote our existence to blessing God. That's what he's saying there. I'll bless the Lord at all times. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, probably one of the most frequent ways that we would recognize quickly would be through the lips. And that's what he says. I'll praise the Lord continually in my mouth. In other words, you listen to the words of a Christian and you're going to hear a Christian pray and you're going to hear them lift up God as high and mighty. You listen to a Christian sing and their words are going to lift up God. You listen to a scripture, a, a Christian read scripture and you're going to hear the, the name of God exalted. And even when a Christian partakes of the Lord's Supper and even when we give, we're doing all of that to lift God up. And so he, he says we can do it by praise, but look in verse 2. My soul shall make its boast in you. You ever heard someone say, I want you to take that and I want you to do some soul searching. What do we mean when we say that? What we're saying to someone is, I want you to take whatever you're thinking about and I want you to take it to the very depth of your being. What about if not just our lips praise the blessing of God, but what if from the very depths of our being, 
praises the blessing of God. And that, in a sense, is what he's saying there. Great expectations this year. This month we're studying be humble. What's that very next line? The humble will hear it and be glad. What a beautiful description of humble people. They love to get together anytime God is being blessed. Anytime God is being exalted, humble people are glad to come together. And so verse 3 says, magnify the Lord. But you know that doesn't mean we're making God greater than what He is. There's no power greater than God. You can't increase the power of God. There's no wisdom greater than God's wisdom. You can't increase God's wisdom. So when he says magnify, what is he saying when we magnify the Lord? It's not that we increase God. It's that we increase the observation, the understanding that we have with each other. We magnify the Lord among each other. And so that's why he says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. In other words, the psalmist says, I'm going to try to magnify the Lord and I want you to join me. And then finally he says in that verse, and let us exalt his name together. Over the next few minutes, we're going to have the marvelous opportunity to sing praise and let's sing it from our soul. We're going to have the opportunity to pray together and let's pray and lift up God from the depth of our being. We're going to have the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper together and to give. And let's bless the name of the Lord together. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. What a beautiful opportunity we have each Lord's Day to come together uh, to bless the name of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. We'll look at that more in just a moment. Uh, we're thankful for the many opportunities that God gives us, and we've mentioned for a couple of weeks now the Up Groups, that is a mentoring group. We want to remind you that if you're willing to be a mentor and or you want to learn more about this, there's a meeting at 5 o'clock in room 100AB, which is just behind the library, so be sure and make those plans today at 5 o'clock. We also are very thankful for a very, very special service that we have once a year where uh, several of our deacons will lead us in a period of worship, and that will be Wednesday evening. All of the classes of the uh, youth as well as children and adults will be here. There will be a nursery on Wednesday evening, but everyone else will be here, and we'll look forward to being led in that time of worship. Uh, the prayer stations have, have just been such a blessing. And uh, because of that, we'll go ahead and leave those up at least another week. There may be some of you that have extra time off week this coming, off of work this coming week, and you may want to come by early or late. And uh, it, we've already heard from several of you. Uh, I, I was walking out there to lay some Bibles out there for any of you that forgot your Bible last week and met one of you, and, and just tears were flowing. And, uh, and the, the individual began to apologize. I said, I'm sorry. I said, that, that just really is so emotional.
emotional. Uh, there's just something powerful about being out in God's nature and, uh, and, and reading from His Word and meditating upon it and praying about it. And, uh, and so if that's an exercise that would help you, come by and it truly has been a blessing for everyone that has. I already mentioned has been our list of 100 things. If you haven't started your list of 100 things and you'd like to complete that by Thanksgiving Day, if you'd begin today and make 20 each day by Thanksgiving Day, uh, as you make your 20 on that day of things that you're thankful for, you'd have a list of 100 things for which you are thankful. Ask a few of our leaders uh, just to give me some of the uh, maybe unusual things that they already have on their list. And uh, Terry Burton said after... uh, Picking up Cameron from the movies tonight, he was thankful for heated car seats. And uh, Jody Marble said he was thankful for random phone calls from old friends, poppy seed chicken casserole from Katie, little nephews, lunch with friends, and Oklahoma University Sooner football. Uh, I'll let you guess who this one is. Chainsaws and weed eaters, battery-powered drills, water softeners, and a man lift, and oh yeah, one more taller toilet seats for the older people. We'll reveal tonight who who that one's from, and we'll give you a a few other ones. Uh, There is is, uh, a lot for us to be thankful for, and making your list truly is just one good exercise in order uh, to remember all that God has done for us. So I hope you'll take advantage of that opportunity. We've just... Uh, have had read for us Psalm 103, the first five verses. We also have just sung a song that was written, uh, co-written by Matt Redman. And Matt Redman wrote this song after he and his co-author read Psalm 103. And each of them individually made a list of reasons they would bless the Lord after reading Psalm 103. And then they said it was amazing to them how quickly this song came together. They said when they write together, oftentimes songs don't come together that quickly. But he said it really was amazing in writing this song how it came together. And then in an interview about this song that has become so popular, this is what he said about blessing the Lord. He said, if you wake up one morning and you cannot think of a reason to bring God some kind of offering of thanks or praise then you can be sure there's something wrong at your end of the pipeline, not his. We live beneath an unceasing flow of goodness, kindness, greatness, and holiness. And every day we're given reason after reason why Jesus is so completely and utterly worthy of our highest and best devotion. Surely in part, that's what the psalmist had in mind. When he wrote these words in Psalm 103, you know, since do-it-yourself projects have become so popular and home and garden style shows have become so popular, perhaps it's never been more popular to show before and after pictures. We're accustomed to them. And when we're accustomed to them, we're accustomed to seeing dramatic changes. Where, for example, on the left side, you you see almost like a desolate garden area in a backyard. And, And then workers come in and it's like almost magic. Wow, look at that beautiful garden. Look at the colors. Look at the flowers. Look at the life that is now there. When we think of this before and after, I want you to think about a soul 
that doesn't bless the Lord? What would have to be changed within that person for them to be able to bless or praise the Lord? There'd have to be a lot of cultivation in that life and in that heart and in that soul. There'd have to be, just like in that garden or in that backyard, there'd have to be certain things taken out. There'd have to be a tilling of the ground. There'd have to be the proper and right things put in. In other words, it would require quite an effort. It would be quite an exercise. But what kind of heart and life would you have when it was under process? You'd have a spiritual life that would be a lot like the picture on the right instead of a spiritual life that looks a lot more like a picture on the left. There's something needed and powerful in our life about blessing our God. Would you look with me again at Psalm 103? Let's look at verse 1 where he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. When we think about that very idea of blessing the Lord, as we've already seen from Psalm 34, sure, it's, it's going to be fulfilled. This life of blessing the Lord is going to be fulfilled in part by the words that come uh, from the lips of our mouth. And that's a beautiful thing to do toward God. But we must realize that over and over in the psalmist, it goes deeper than just our words. All that is within me or bless the Lord, oh my soul. It's the idea about who we are in a humble presence before God. It's the idea of who we are in a humble presence before God. Does your life need some cultivating for you to be able to truly be humble and to offer that praise to God? And if so, what would we need to understand? What would need to be taken out? What would need to be brought in to nurture, to cultivate, to grow a heart that would truly be a blessing to the Lord? As you look at this next phrase in verse 2, he begins again by saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There are some things that ought to always be remembered, but what's our tendency? I tell you, the longer I live, the more I hate that my tendency is to forget. I hate that. It, it's so immature. It's easy to become a stingy, brat, spoiled kid when we live constantly forgetting. What about if we could wake up every day and remember all of who God is and all that he has blessed us with? Can you imagine if we could live every day not forgetting his benefits? That would be a life that would just go throughout the entire day. And, and in that sense, it would be a, a logical and natural process. If, if you and I were capable of remembering his benefits every day, we'd just go through the day praising him. We would see the goodness in our life and give him the glory and praise. We would see things of the past that he's done and we would remember them and thank him. As Kevin has already mentioned this morning, we would look forward to hope. And we would live in view of that hope. 
This morning, I'd like for you to look in this passage, and we will just simply for time's sake note that he mentions six things that are benefits. They're things that make our life enriched, make our life better. These benefits are from God. And when we live in view of these benefits, remembering them, we have a life where we can bless the Lord. Oh, our soul, we can bless his holy name. Number one, look, if you will, at verse three. We come out of verse two by saying, forget not all of his benefits who forgives all your iniquities. What a benefit to get up every day and know we're forgiven. To start every day with a clean slate. You got things in your past you wish you'd never done, you'd never said. You got things in your past you wish you would have done, but you didn't do them then. You've got brokenness, you've got pain, you've got regrets. You know what the Lord will do? The Lord will forgive. Now note that all, there's not one that he will not, and it's very personal. He will forgive all your iniquities. We don't have this on a slide, but if you're opened up in your Bible, drop down in verse 10, 11, and 12. Sometimes you will hear people in their prayers Pray things that are phrases out of these verses right here because these are some, some of the most beautiful verses in the Bible about forgiveness. Read this with me if you will. Psalm 103 verse 10. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. What a beautiful thought. That's reason to bless his name. But notice the next phrase in verse 3. Who heals our are all your diseases. He is the great physician. He is the one, when we look at him working with the children of Israel, he can miraculously heal them if he so chose to do. Then he came in flesh upon this earth as Jesus Christ. And we see the wonderful and powerful miracles that if he looked at someone that, that was physically broken, he could heal them. He even through the Holy Spirit left the power with the apostles that they too could go about and diseases could be healed. But you know, the great physician's greatest healing has never been just the physical healing that he can do. The greatest healing that he does is that he heals us spiritually. He takes us when we're spiritually dead and he resurrects us into spiritual life. What a healing. Look in verse 4. Who redeems your life from destruction. In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spoke about this wide gate and this broad way and he says that leads to destruction. Who can help us leave this path of destruction and go to the path and the narrow gate that leads to what? eternal life. Not destruction, it leads to life. Only our Lord is that redeemer. And then when he says also in verse 4, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. In the Hebrew, loving kindness is strongly connected to mercy. 
And that's not taking away from anything about agape love or kindness that is goodness to others. That's just saying that oftentimes in the Old Testament, loving kindness in its root is linked to mercy. And so what he does here is he's a little bit redundant. He says, he says, loving kindness and tender mercy. But what does it do? It crowns us, but the Hebrew word there for crown is the, is the Hebrew word that is oftentimes translated encompass us. In other words, when Saul was trying to kill David, his men, 1 Samuel 23, it's that, it's that same Hebrew word. He, his men encompassed him. That's the word for crown. It's the idea of circular. It's the idea to come around. That's why we sang earlier this morning, don't you love that song? It's also out of scripture, but it's this very same teaching right here when we sung the song, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord crowns his people. The Lord surrounds. Lord, what what will you do to surround us? He says, I'll put mercy around you. We know we need God's mercy. None of us here needs what we deserve. What we need is mercy. We need mercy. We need tender mercy. We need loving kindness from God to surround us. Do you recognize how blessed we are each day to have his mercy? But then notice when he says in verse 5, who satisfies your mouth with good things. And that idea of mouth there is not just mouth. It has to do with desire. It even has to do, in a sense, with time. In other words, the Lord satisfies us. Can you truthfully, from the depth of your soul, this morning, can you say, God, you are enough. I don't need anything else. Whatever you think I need, God, it's enough. I hope before this month is over that we can spend a little time in Philippians 4 with Paul's statements on contentment. He learned to be able to say, if I'm in prison, Lord, if that's fine with you, it's enough for me. If I'm hungry, Lord, if that's fine with you, it's it's enough with me. I trust you, God. Are you satisfied with God? God is enough. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now that renewal there is the idea to make young again, which is not really the idea of going back in time. It's the idea of being strong and vibrant and health and strength. And that's what God can do for us. So in this next slide, here's the review here. Bless the Lord. Forget not all of his benefits. Why? Because of his forgiveness, he heals us, he redeems us, he surrounds us, he satisfies us, and he renews us. If you're sitting on the end of a pew, you're going to see that, that you have post-it notes sitting there. And, and if you will, will you take the pad and take one post-it note and, and pull it off and pass it down. And, and then when you get those distributed on your pew for next service's sake, uh, will you put the post-it notes back in the corner at each end of the pew? And... Um, here, here's the beautiful project that we're going to go and, and do together. And it's, it's a beautiful, and, and I don't mean to uh, simplify it to say that there's not some deep meaning. It's beautiful and deep meaning, but it's a very simple project that ought to be really, really amazing. Also in your bulletin, where usually Sunday night's sermon title is announced, instead of that place being for Sunday night, it says for further study. And what we did was we just gave you a list of passages, and this is by no means all the passages, but we gave you a list of passages where the psalmist or sometime others, even in the New Testament, speak of blessing the Lord. And what we 
are asking you to do, uh, if, you, if you finish up tonight, bring it back tonight, Wednesday night, bring it back, but for sure, next Sunday morning, you will not be allowed to enter the door, no, just kidding, you, next Sunday morning, please bring it back by next Sunday morning, and, and what we're going to do is each of us, even the little ones, moms and dads, what a wonderful opportunity, even the little ones, we're going to each make a list of 10 reasons we would bless the Lord. 10 reasons. And you may want to go and read some of these Psalms and do that. You may want to come up with them uh, just without doing that. But I tell you, it's a wonderful study to spend some time seeing all the reason the psalmist, why uh, they bless the Lord and, and it's powerful exercise. I decided last night to do, to do my first list. I want to do a few lists. It's really neat once you get going. But I decided to do my first list pretty much either phrases or paraphrasing a phrase uh, out of some of these passages. Here's my first list. You are my Lord. Uh, I bless you because of my goodness is nothing apart from you. Number three, your children are wonderful to share the earth with. Number four, you are my portion. You're enough. Number five, you maintain me. Number six, you're my counsel. Number seven, I know the Lord is great. Number eight, the Lord's will is done, even in the depths of the seas. Number nine, praise you for being the creator of the heaven and earth. Number 10, for your mercy and your truth. Now, what we're going to ask you to do next, uh, today, tonight, Wednesday, next Sunday, is bring those, and you know the middle area of the foyer, the middle area of the foyer, we want you to post your post-it note anywhere in the middle area of the foyer. Now, you might want right now to go ahead and post it in your Bible so you don't lose your post-it note, you know what I mean? But do something where you keep up with your post-it note. And then what happens if you and 999 others make a list of 10 things? Now we have 1,000 list of 10 things. So together we have 10,000 reasons that we bless the name of the Lord. What I learned today, number one, that genuine humility is only possible when one sees the greatness of God. Number two, praise and blessings must start much deeper than just the lips. It needs to come from our soul. Number three, we ought to devote our life to improving our blessings to God. Number four, Exercise is a great way to improve, so maybe this little list of 10 things could be a great exercise to help us all improve our blessing. You remember we talked about in the Hebrew, the word blessing means, in its primitive root, means to kneel down before. Out of the few hundred times that's used in the Old Testament, it's only a few times that uh, the translators chose to use it that way. And in Psalm 95 and 6, this is the way it was used. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. That could just as accurately read, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us bless before the Lord our God and Maker. Isn't it wonderful whenever you and I live a life of recognizing who God is? humbly laying ourselves before him that we bow down to him and continually from our mouth and from our life
from our soul, from our heart, is blessings to the Lord. We're about to sing that to the Lord as the psalmist did. But we're going to sing this during an invitation song to say if there's any way we can help you move closer to God, we'd love to encourage you. If you're ready to be immersed into Christ or if you're ready to be restored, if we can help you come as we stand now.